Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Brennan Ath, HW Plus Managing Editor here at HousingWire. We're back again with the latest installment of HousingWire Daily, where our editors and reporters discuss the most compelling stories and sources that they're covering. I'm stepping in for our Editor-in-Chief, Sarah Wheeler, as she is still on PTO this week, but I'm excited to have my guest today, HousingWire's Managing Editor, James Kleiman, to talk about some of the most recent HW Plus stories, HousingWire stories, and some of the latest coverage that's been happening in the newsroom. But before we dive in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. TMS is out to grow happiness for you and your customers. From the way they pick up the phone to the innovative, intuitive technology that makes things easier for you and your customers, TMS is all about providing the best experience in the industry. It's why they've grown to one of the top 10 in the nation and why they've earned a 98% customer satisfaction rate. Partner with TMS and see for yourself at subservicing.themoneysource.com. James, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Hey, Brenna. Good to be here. How are you? I'm not doing too bad this week. You know, we're starting to wrap up this week and looking at the newsroom, it's been nothing short of a very busy news, news week for you guys over there. It has, yeah. Just uh, keeping us on our toes, keeping us busy, but it's it's better to be busy than idle. So exciting times. Well, we're actually going to unpack today one of, I think, if I'm not wrong, two maybe breaking news stories or if anything, two of our top stories today. So one of those we're diving into today, which is let's start by looking at this UWM saga, the broker war story that we've been covering for almost over a year now or right about a year so. Before we kind of dive into the breaking news this week, let's take a little bit of a look back and set the scene for this interview and for the conversation about where UWM is today. So United Wholesale Mortgage, UWM, they're a top wholesale lender in the nation. They announced on a Facebook Live that UWM will no longer partner with brokers who will also work with Rocket Mortgage and Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. So this was about a year ago. That move caught the attention of so many people in the industry. Can you explain why it was such a big deal for them to do this? Yeah. So you're right about the timeline. It was about, I think it was the 4th of March, Matt Ishbia, the president and CEO of UWM, he goes on Facebook Live and he issued what what I've called an ultimatum to mortgage brokers across the country. And and basically what he said is, uh, if you send loans to UWM, you also cannot send loans to Rocket Pro TPO, which of course is the wholesale arm of Rocket Mortgage or Fairway Independent Mortgage, uh, which, which is a smaller competitor that also does retail. So a few hours later uh, at HousingWire Spring Summit, Matt Ishbia does an interview with HousingWire's publisher and CEO Clayton Collins, and he explains why he issued the ultimatum. And, um, and basically, it, it, it's that UWM asserted that Rocket and Fairway were undermining the broker channel. So he alleged that Rocket goes directly to real estate agents, helps them get licensed to be a loan officer, and, and pretty much says, we'll pay you a fee if you don't send business to brokers. He also said that Rocket, which I'm sorry, he said that Fairway, which is a much smaller player in the channel, was recruiting brokers to work for Fairway's retail arm. And so at the time, there were about 
give or take 12,000 brokers who sent loans to UWM and or Rocket and Fairway. So that's about 25% of the broker channel. So getting back to the original question that you have, Brenna, uh, it's, it was a big deal in, in both a very practical sense because brokers had to make a choice, right? They could continue to do business with UWM and not work with Rocket and Fairway, or they would be basically forced to lose access to the largest wholesale lender in America. And so it's it's kind of a bad spot to be in for a broker. You know, there's no winning there. And so the other component that makes this really interesting and notable is is a little, you know, a little more philosophical, I guess, a little more existential maybe, which is that a lot of people in, in the broker space believe that their profession stands for choice and giving consumers as many options as possible and, and in many cases being a fiduciary. And and so, you know, I, I spoke to a lot of people even back then, dozens of brokers, even some who ultimately stuck with UWM. And, and they said that they, they felt that it violated the spirit of the profession. And, and so they see themselves as offering customers independence and a range of choices. You know, what, what makes them different, of course, than retail is they can sell products from 70-something lenders. And, and so limiting customers' choices really cuts at the heart of what makes a broker different than, than a retail LO. And, and so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, again, like it's a twofold issue. One, their business is impacted. They're potentially going to lose a big lender that they work with, uh, and that many people felt that this was not um, in line with with what a broker represents to the American consumer. I distinctly remember this announcement about a year ago, and what fascinated me and kind of what you just detailed out there was also everything that came about after the initial announcement. So to your point, they made the big announcement, it caught the attention of so many, but the broker war really has been around for a while, long before even that announcement. Um, UWM has been making big claims. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, big articles in the broker space. But after that initial announcement from UWM, not everybody thought this was a bad move. So can you expand more on how this broker war unfolded after the initial announcement, after the reaction that you got? Yeah, I mean, it depends on how long you have, because we, we could really, if we wanted, we can go back, you know, quite a ways and, and really kind of discuss the whole arc of, of you know, wholetailing and, and uh, you know, brawl and, and all that. But, but maybe we'll, we'll try to compress it a little bit and, and just stick with, uh, you know, everything post March 4th, 2021. Uh, yeah, I would say, Brennan, that there was just generally speaking, a lot of anxiety and a lot of, a lot of shock, really. This was a very, very bold strategy. And, uh, I think it's important to remember that UWM in general built up a lot of goodwill in the broker channel. A lot of brokers see them as advocates for brokers. They've sponsored an incredible amount of events. They're putting brokers out on uh, in TV commercials. They are, you know, really active, really visible. And, um, you know, Nanishby is on CNBC all the time talking about how great brokers are and how it's the best option for a consumer in America. And so he, he gives them a lot more credibility kind of in the general public space. 
And UWM poured a lot of resources into growing the channel and convincing people who work in retail to, to become a broker, to have that freedom, to have that independence, to have the range of products um, that they believe serves the American consumer best. Uh, but certainly what UWM did divided opinion pretty dramatically. There, there were really two camps uh, from my reporting, you know, and, and there were a lot of people who stuck with UWM. I'd say the majority stuck with UWM and, and they said, okay, you know, in this period, we're not going to work with Rocket. We're not going to work with Fairway. Uh, it, some, again, probably did it for larger philosophical reasons. They believe what UWM says is is true, that Rocket and Fairway are, you know, harming the broker channel in different ways. And, and so, you know, they're aligned in that respect. And others look at it as a very core business decision. I'm sending you know, 60% of my my loans to UWM, I'm only sending 20% to Rocket or Fairway, you know, whereas it's it's not much of a choice. And so so that's really kind of what it boiled down to for those who who agreed with UWM or at least understood the position and and felt that their business would was you know better served by sticking with them. Um, but there were a lot of people who did not like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's fair to say that a lot of brokers thought that UWM's initiative, which, by the way, they called the all-in initiative, uh, was really about helping UWM and, and not about helping the broker channel. Uh, the term bend the knee came up in quite a few conversations that I had with brokers and their LOs. And, and uh, you know, those conversations didn't end either. They're ongoing conversations. And so from their perspective, what UWM did was really just execute a cold and calculated business strategy just to cut down a competitor. And, and so UWM controlled about a third of the broker channel. Um, but at the time, you know, when, when all this was happening, Rocket Pro TPO was gaining serious traction. They, they were certainly increasing their market share. They were number two. So it's, it's not like they were a small fry by any stretch of the imagination. And, and so a lot of people feel that that's what this was about. And, you know, in the first month or two after Matt Ishbia went on Facebook Live, there was quite a bit of jockeying uh, between UWM and Rocket to, to convince broker shops to stick around and, and to, uh, you know, to stay with them or, um, you know, not spurn them for, for the other choice. And, um, you know, I, I think both took some blows and, and both had some victories there. And, you know, I, I think it's also worth keeping in mind that uh, this all happened in 2021, which by most accounts was still a great year for mortgage. And so, you know, it, it probably doesn't hurt a lot of those shops too bad for this to happen in 2021. If this were to happen now, I think the reaction would be very different. I think there are other elements that we should also keep in mind. Um, both are playing hardball. You know, neither neither company wants to, to lose or, or to look like they made a strategic misstep or, or they got gazumped. Uh, you know, it's a real estate term for this. Um, and, and so UWM is, is definitely, um, they're being aggressive with this strategy. And, and that means beyond just issuing the ultimatum, that means enforcing it. That means making sure, uh, you know, that, that contracts that were signed um, are enforced. And, um, you know, a lot of the broker shops that decided to leave UWM uh, or to terminate the agreement or not sign it, um, you know, they, they got hit with EPOs, pretty big ones, uh, early payoffs, right? So, 
you know, loans that, that were refied within a certain period of time, they get billed. And, and in some cases, some of those shops, you know, had pretty big fines. And so it's real money. It's, it's a real hardball tactic. And um, I, I think we're just kind of seeing some of those uh, actions start becoming a little bit, uh, a little bit more in the, the public uh, view. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it's also worth noting that Rock and Fairway both said that they saw record business from brokers, you know, right after the, the ultimatum. And, uh, you know, Rocket doesn't break out wholesale versus retail figures, so it's hard to say. But both Rocket and Fairway say that they, they did really well after this happened. So it's a, it's a little bit cloudy, I think is a fair way to say it. Yeah, that's almost an interesting note there at the end that not only was this about a year ago, but that also leaves us with a year year's worth of data. And while we don't have the um, details as far as, like you said, wholesale versus retail, and last year was also a record-breaking business year for mortgage origination volume, it does help us, I'm sure, as we head into 2022, see how this has come up, come into fruition or what the impact of all of this has been. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're here a year later and, uh, and and now we're we're starting to see lawsuits. We're starting to see uh, some some claws come out. So it's 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 definitely a different business climate for sure. And I think we're going to see an acceleration of uh, of things like this. So let's unpack the news that came out this week. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning of this that breaking news story. You had coverage on February fourth that UWM is making good on its legal threat or its threat to take legal action against partnering broker shops that also send business to Rocket Mortgage and Fairway Independent Mortgage. Talk to us about that latest update. Yeah, so UWM made clear when the All-In Initiative was launched that yep. any shop that violated the terms of the agreement would face consequences. And so the addendum to the broker contract, which everyone needs to sign, it says that a loan that is sent to Rocket or Fairway will result in a fine of $5,000 per loan or $50,000 in the aggregate. And so it's really whichever is bigger. So you, you kind of multiply uh, and, and you get your number. And so about a week ago, I heard that America's Money Line, which is a pretty good sized shop out in, in California, was being sued by UWM in Michigan federal court. And UWM was seeking $2.8 million in damages. And so it's, it's basically a $5,000 fine times 500 or so loans that uh, UWM says uh, America's money line sent to Rocket and UWM over the course of months. And so if you talk to Matt Ishbia, he'll tell you that America's money line was systematic and egregious in what they did. And if they wanted to send loans to Rocket and Fairway, they simply had to terminate the agreement with UWM. And then afterward, they could do that. Um, but in, instead, he said it was a deliberate attempt, uh, a successful one, of course, to send loans to all of the companies. And, um, you know, there, there are other firms that have also sent loans to Rocket and Fairway while doing business with UWM. Um, but according to UWM, uh, it wasn't systematic. It wasn't, uh, you know, part of a, what they, they believe to be a strategy. You know, in, in some cases, it would be a loan officer who maybe made a mistake and didn't realize or, you know, whatever, but but they don't believe that it is, you know, uh, anything like what what America's money line allegedly did. 
And so, so now they're going to go to court and America's money line, their position isn't really of denial. Their position is basically that UWM's policy is illegal, the, the all-in initiative. And so they say that it's anti-competitive, anti-American, that it won't withstand judicial scrutiny. And they also believe that other brokers are, um, you know, are also using Rocket and Fairway without incidents. But they're the ones who are being made an example of to, to pretty much scare brokers to fall in line, the, the bend the knee, if you will, right? And so they say that other broker shops are going to stand with them. And you know, there, there's also, for what it's worth, uh, already uh, a case out there. A, uh, it's, it's a case out in Florida in which a broker says what UWM did violated the Sherman Act, antitrust. And so they're, they're seeking class action status for that case. And so, you know, I, I think this is really just kind of setting up the specter for what will happen next. And that's, that's going to be, this is all going to get handled in the courts or it's going to be settled out of court and everybody's going to sign NDAs and, and we'll never hear, hear what really happens. So, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping it's the former. Well, outside of the court and that NDA option, there's also the big chunk of people who probably also come to you as a source and into your inbox that kind of help tell that other side of the story, um, unpacking a lot of the backlash and maybe some of that reaction that's happened from the announcement since this latest update. What have you been hearing? I know you often keep in touch with a lot of these brokers and sources. Yeah, you know, it, it really depends who you talk to, Brenna. So the brokers who didn't like UWM's ultimatum, they're not going to like this, you know, especially now that, that UWM is, is taking, you know, brokers to court. And uh, and then you talk to other people and they'll say, America's money line, they signed a contract. They knew what they were doing. A contract's a contract. And uh, if if you did violate it, you're, you're going to have to pay for it. So we're about a year into the all-in initiative, and and I think what's interesting is this is the first time that things are really spilling into public view, and uh, and of course, as I said earlier, the stakes are much higher now. You know, we're we're not we're not seeing rate term refis, we're not seeing um, you know the volume that we did uh, even a few months ago, and and so margins are compressing. It's tough for the lenders, it's tough for the brokers, it's tough for their LOs, and. Uh, I think you're just going to see everybody getting a little bit more aggressive in their posturing. And it's worth noting earlier this week, another mortgage broker shop out in California said it laid off 50 employees after terminating its deal with UWM. And, and they received EPO penalties totaling, I think it was more than $300,000. So things are certainly escalating and uh, and we're, we're going to continue to follow it over the next few weeks. And, and we plan on doing quite a bit more coverage as the, the anniversary of sorts uh, you know, comes up in, in a little less than a month. Now, throughout this conversation, you know, UWM did specifically point out, you know, Rocket and Fairway. It, it, has there been any updates from their perspective or any comments on that side with this latest update? You know, I, I think it's fair to say that Fairway believes that all of this uh, it ended up being a big positive for them and that they were they were able to, to get their name out there even more and, and you know, show brokers and their LOs um, how good a lender they can be. So for them, I I don't think that they're unhappy about uh, how this all materialized. Maybe they may not like it how it happened, but but the result um, you know remains. And and from Rocket's perspective, 
you know, they, they did definitely lose some brokers who were working with them. They gained others, which is a benefit, but they're, they're very serious about increasing their market share in the wholesale space. And they're unveiling new products and new promotions and new technology for brokers to, uh, you know, help them compete for business. And UWM and, and Rocket are, are also, they've been engaged in a price war in the broker channel for quite some time. Um, they don't admit to it, of course, but, but that's, that's really making things difficult on other lenders uh, in the wholesale space. So Rocket is going to continue to fight UWM. Uh, no one's going to back down uh, in a fight like this, but it's, uh, it's, it's certainly going to come to a head in 2022 when the purchase market is um, a lot more viable than, than much of the refi activity. And, and both companies you know, rely on, on wholesale for, for a lot of access to, to purchase mortgages. So yeah, the, the fight's just going to keep continuing for sure. Yeah, this shift to a purchase-driven market versus a refi-driven market really seems to be um, filtering into all of the news from layoffs to even this story and the impact that it's had in this industry. So I can expect a lot more coverage, I'm sure, around that theme. Um, What else can we expect from you or the newsroom this week, whether it's follow-up on this coverage or anything else? So Freddie Mac just uh, had their Q4 earnings, so we're going to have coverage on that. And uh, in the next few days, we're also going to have a really deep dive into uh, real estate brokerage that is also one of the bigger uh, listings uh, platforms and websites out there, of course, Redfin. And um, I, I think it's going to be a really, really great story that people are going to get excited about. And uh, we've, we've got quite a bit of other coverage coming up. So it's earnings season. So we've got First American, I believe they're today. Uh, Stuart is also today, so we'll have a little bit more insight into how the title insurance is doing and, and especially how they're managing with a uh, lower refi volume as well. Of course, you know, it's, it's an ecosystem, right? And everybody uh, is somewhat reliant on it. And then we've got a really interesting feature that I think the LOs and brokers are going to enjoy, which is about continuing education. You may remember, Brenna, we published a story a few weeks ago in which there were 400-something LOs who settled with um, kind of a hodgepodge of state and federal agencies over continuing education. And so every year, LOs to retain their licenses, they need to take eight hours of continuing education. And uh, the government alleges that there were more than 400 that just didn't do it, that committed fraud and, uh, you know, fibbed or cut class basically. And uh, so we we decided to take a look at continuing education. And what we found is that, and I don't think this is much of a surprise, a lot of people feel that continuing education is a waste of time, that it's stale, that it's a missed opportunity to really uh, teach people practical things. You know, there are a lot of uh, quandaries that people run into in mortgage lending, you know, dealing with people's finances, uneducated consumers, it, it can it can be tricky. And and they really just kind of learn the same thing. They hear the same thing year after year. And uh, many people don't feel it's, it's very practical. So we've got a feature on that coming. It should be up today or tomorrow. So we're excited for that. We're going to keep active. But if anyone has any tips or anything interesting going on, you know, please shoot me a message uh, anonymously or otherwise. I'm always happy to chat with folks. So 
hit me up. It's jkleiman at housingwire.com. And from where I sit on Housing Wire Daily, it's also always a pleasure to chat with you, James, on the latest updates in the newsroom. Thanks for kind of sharing with us all the latest happenings and thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Brenna. Take care. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.